Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. So I hate people that set off fireworks. If you're one of those people, uh, I hate you for a day. So, or maybe on July 4th as well. But, you know, I've got dogs. I didn't grow up with dogs. I've had dogs as an adult. Uh, practically my entire adult life I've had dogs. And I haven't met uh, a single dog that enjoys the sound of fireworks. I, I know there are people out there that have newborns. Their babies might not like them as well. Uh, but fortunately you can put headphones on them. You can put like little sound mufflers on them. I know that's not comfortable, but at least maybe they, uh, fall asleep or something. But anyway, dogs, you can't really do that unless, unless, unless I find something or create something and take it to the sharks on Shark Tank for those dogs that have issues. Even my heavily drugged dogs had issues with the fireworks on new year's eve night into new year's day and they still happen and fireworks state places are still open after all that stuff anyway i'm gonna remove myself from the soap soapbox soap box uh this week i have seth hunter williams on uh seth is somebody that came again recommended to me and so of course when i get recommendations i actually I don't think there's a single recommendation I haven't followed through on. Look at me. 2022. My New Year's resolution is to English gooder. That's right. But anyway, I don't think there is a single recommendation that I haven't uh, followed through on. It, not all of them have been on the podcast because some of them do not reply or they ghost light me. But Seth Hunter Williams did not do that. And so I had a great chat with him. I called him out this summer, actually, when we had Summer PD uh, led by the great Mandy Tapia. And he, Seth, has a beautiful, and we talk about it in the podcast, has a beautiful script library as kind of his background. You know, I think a lot of us, when we first shut down, well, some of us, uh, some of you did not, but some of us uh, kind of stressed over what was behind us. And some people did the practical thing like, hey, I shouldn't have a door behind me that uh, naked family members can walk through because that would be awkward. But some of us like tried to make things look pretty and maybe tell a little bit about our personality. I know I did. I know some other people did, but I believe I, I this could be completely wrong. Uh, that probably Seth Hunter Williams put his camera in a strategic spot for online education so that it was a pretty background because it's exactly what it is. It's a gorgeous display of scripts. And I know I, he's probably like, dude, leave it alone, man. Anyway, it was really nice. It was a great conversation, long conversation, a good conversation. It wasn't long because I was just sitting there like, Ugh. but no, we had a nice, good, long conversation. It was really fun. It was before New Year's, so it was uh, uh, during winter break, during the uh, winter break that most of us are still on that is about to end, but yes, uh, speaking of ending, horrible transition, uh, 2021 ended with uh, some 
very tragic news about Betty White. And as my sister said, 2022 is going to be so bad because Betty White is is has now died. And that's not how I look at it. I look at it as 2021 was so bad that it said, what could we, what's the icing on the cake, the cherry on top? And that is uh, taking Betty White, a national treasure from us and waited till the very last day for that to happen. And in a way that I'm grateful for it to have happened now, because like, do you remember when Michael Jackson died? I, I believe most of the people that have been teaching for about you know, 15 or so years remember this, but he died actually while while te- uh, uh, International Thespians' uh, big festival was happening in Lincoln. And it was I was there in Lincoln and got a phone call or a text or something, I don't remember. But And that's when Michael Jackson died, and it like ruined people for a while. Uh, same with people like Robin Williams. But, uh, you know, someone did tweet, live your life, uh, in a way that when you die at 99, people think it's too young. And that really resonated with me. And uh, so I, I hope people are, are uh, you know, mourning, but also uh, understanding that, yes, she was about to, she was a couple of weeks away, a few weeks away from turning 100. So uh, she lived an amazing life. Another uh, bit of tragic news, and for those of you that are big fans of Impractical Jokers, Joe Gatto is... Uh, or Joe Gatto uh, is leaving Impractical Jokers. That happened right after the Betty White news. So really sad stuff. Some happy, happy news is that TTEC is right around the corner. And, you know, the elephant in the room is that COVID numbers are super high right now, or at least in certain parts of the country. And yes, we're still going through with a conference and yes, you know, we're going to be safe. I know I will be masked up, uh, regardless of if numbers have taken a deep dive by then, because we've seen that that's not always necessarily reliable. But, um, you know, we're just going to be smart about things and make sure that everyone is safe. But we are going through with it. And I'm so, like, I haven't been this excited about some an event in a long, long time. And I know we just had state festival, but really I didn't have much to do with that. And I had a good time, but I just, I didn't, I didn't look forward to it as much as I'm looking forward to this. And I'm excited because I put together the programming, the, the, the guest artists and the, the people leading workshops and stuff. And most of that was first come first serve. Those of you that have been denied a workshop, by the way. Um, and I just, you know, we, we, we did try to mix things up a little bit so that you're not seeing A, the same people, or seeing a, a, B, I already used A, B, the same types of workshops. So it's going to be a blast. So look for more information on that. Uh, if you have not registered and you're thinking about registering or you don't have a show going on that week, that is, it's just, it's going to be fun. Uh, again, we're going to be as safe as as physically possible by uh, masking up and, and just being just clean. Don't cough on people, you know, like, you know, just that's gross. Okay. Uh, something that's not gross is this interview with an amazing educator, Seth Hunter Williams, uh, leave the podcast, a nice review. You know, my numbers for this podcast, pulling back the curtain a a little bit, uh, my numbers have been extremely consistent and I understand the design of this podcast is not meant for you to listen week to week, because you're going to listen to people that you want to listen to. 
and the only constant is moi. But, uh, you know, tell your friends about the podcast if you see somebody that uh, on the podcast that, that you you think that they might find interesting or that you hear something from somebody that they might find interesting. So feel free to pass that along. Leave a review. Follow me on the Twitter. Friend me on the Facebook and all that good stuff. And stop setting off the damn fireworks. It is annoying. Enjoy your week back to school, ladies and gents. And enjoy a little Seth Hunter Williams. Have a good one. I um, am a theater teacher currently in Crowley, Texas at Crowley High School. Um, I moved there from Diamond Hill Jarvis High School, which is a um, high school within the Fort Worth ISD conglomerate. And um, from and then my um, first teaching job was at Mineral Wells High School. And up until last year, when I went to Crowley High School, I was a solo theater teacher and um, really loved it. And now that I'm working with someone, I no offense to the person that I work with, but uh, I do enjoy being by myself uh, just because I am that personality of, I like to do it myself and, and, and know it can be done correctly the first time if I just do it. And um, so, um, I, I mean, I, I don't really know where to begin when it comes to yeah. having an interest in theater. Um, I, it's just always been there. Right. Like it, 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 there's not a, there's not a specific happenstance or I was in fourth grade and I did this show and I've just been on the stage. Like it has just always been there. Um, the story that I've been told was that um, when I was three years old, my mother took me to see the Nutcracker um, in Abilene, Texas, because we lived in Baird. And um, she said it was the only thing that would get me to sit still and pay attention. She said it's it was the stillest I'd ever seen you since you were born. Um, and she said, and then you danced around the living room for six months and just it just blossomed like it's it's just always been there so um I don't have a lovely story about oh I was in the fourth grade and I played George Washington and and stuff like that it's just it's just always been there so it's just always been an obsession with me um I went to a very I grew up in Baird until I was in the second grade and um an influencer that I had there was my second grade teacher her name was Barbara Korn and she was the one act play director for the school because it was a 1A school so she was teaching second grade but then she was also after school directing the one act and um I've been very lucky that throughout my life, there have been people who have seen this obsession in me and have cultivated it. And she was the first to really do that. Um, she would let me write plays for my assignments um, instead of, you know, doing typical worksheets. I could write a play to show what I've learned. And then every Friday, she would give me the afternoon to rally all the kids and classmates around me and direct a show. And we do a little skit or a little show. and she loved it and I loved it. Um, and I remember doing a show, we had gone and seen um, The Wind in the Willows at Casa Manana and uh, Grandparents Day was that week. I think it was like Grandparents or Grandmother's Day. And so we had all these grandmothers and I said, 
why don't we do a show? And so we just kind of made up um, The Wind in the Willows um, to perform for our grandmothers. And um, I really enjoyed doing that. Um, uh, but then after the second grade, we moved to an even smaller town called Huckabee, uh, which is just north of Stephenville, um, about two miles north of Stephenville. Um, and the joke around Huckabee is that we're a half a um, because <laughs> we didn't have enough people to create a one complete A. Um, there were 15 people in my class, my graduating class. Um, and the only theater that we had at Huggaby was one act play. So it always gets under my skin uh, when <laughs> theater professionals are like, I hate the competition aspect of one act play and we just don't like to do it because whenever they say that to me, they invalidate students experiences that are in schools from 1A to 3A. Like that was the only theater that I had and, and to and to be obsessed with the theater and to always want to do it. That was my outlet. And so whenever people say that they kind of, in my eyes, they slam the door in those kids' faces of, um, you know, that competition is very brilliantly created so that administrators can <laughs> have the caveat of competition. That's how we can get money for it. So I'll get off my soapbox, but um, <laughs> I, um, uh, we, I did one act all four years and another teacher of mine, Miss um, Jana Roan, also saw the obsession in me in seventh and eighth grade and brought me in as what she called an, uh, an apprentice where I could be in the rehearsal room with them, um, go on filters with them. I couldn't, of course, you know, for competition, be back in the room and stuff like that, but um, kind of cultivated me to know the contest from that point of view. And then whenever I became a freshman, I did one act all four years. Um, uh, pretty much my senior year, the director said, hey, um, I wanna do this show um, and I'll sign the paperwork and then you can just kind of do everything else. So <laughs> pretty much my senior year, um, I, worked with a group of kids and we put on a show of Antic Spring, which I think everyone knows Antic Spring, and made it to regionals. And with a couple of best actor awards under my belt, I do have to brag. And um, uh, we are sitting in critique, we did not advance. And sitting in critique and the judge looked us in the eye and said, I just couldn't be the judge who sent Antic Spring to state again. She said, but it was really good. Um, so so I, I, I keep that uh, in my heart always. And we actually did Antic Spring last year for one act. Um, and so that was a lot of fun, a full school moment. Um, but I grew up really close to Charleston State University, which is where I ended up going to college afterwards. But um, I would go see the shows at Charleston State University. Like they would do four shows a year and then they would do a summer show, sometimes two summer shows that I would that I would be at. And so I've seen every show that Tarleton has done since 1998, um, with the exception of the Laramie Project and Equus, because my parents thought that I was not old enough to go see those shows. Um, and so the transition between high school and college was real smooth because I had 
already been there. I knew the department. I knew the campus. I knew the people within the department because I could do, sh- they would let me do shows at at Tarleton. So uh, my senior year, I was in West Side Story as a character, but then I also would come up on tech weekends and work crew and set stuff. And and so I, I knew the professors, the professors knew me, I knew the people who were already there. So I, I mean, I was technically in college for six years, for five years, but um, I'd always kind of just hung around and been around. Um, it was a generalist program, which I always tell my students that if you are thinking about going into theater, you need to go into a generalist program. Um, because while I was there, I acted, I directed, I designed, I was the crew head, I staged, managed, like I, I, I did everything. And now that I am a theater educator, you do everything. Or you're expected to at least know a little bit about everything so that you can lead your students in, the, in that direction. So um i was i was very very grateful to have the generalist experience um and then i started teaching i taught at mineral wells for four for four years left there and went to um diamond hill jarvis for fort worth and then the pandemic hit during that and um while i was there i was also teaching reading which um um, I wasn't going to bring it up because Gloria McCluckley had the, you know, movie story about teaching reading. Um, I was not that successful. <laughs> I, uh, at my interview, the, the principal said, um, uh, your, this job also teaches one section of reading. And I said, oh, uh, I mean, I read. And he said, oh, you got the job. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, but that, that test is yeah is intimidating, um, but I left I left Diamond Hill and then now I'm at Crowley High School where I am the director of um, acting directing, and then my co teacher is uh, the tech director for yeah. that. So, how uh, yeah? So you you mentioned the whole being solo kind of thing. There's no shame in that. I, you know, one of the in my opinion one of the best uh, middle school teachers, Joy Hughes, who's been on here before keeps telling her her department is plenty large enough to justify having a second teacher but she keeps telling them no 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 I don't I don't want that it'll cramp my style so um and I always I always think it's an ego thing which is why I don't like to talk about it yeah but it it it's just I enjoy learning as well yeah and and I feel as though I I can do more riskier things for me yeah if if I'm not bringing someone else in on the risk. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I was a solo teacher for one year and I, I had no, I was fine with it. You know, it's a, it's, I I also, as my former therapist would classify me as a control, I'm a control freak. So, uh, (laughs) you know, maybe I don't go to therapy for that exact reason. Yeah. I don't, I don't need you to tell me what I am. I know what I am. I've got control of the situation because, you know, well, as we said, I'm a control freak. So, okay. So you, you mentioned a lot of things. Um, and I took some notes. Uh, I first want to touch on Tarleton a little bit. Uh, how, how big is that program there? I, I assume it's growing, but how, how big is it? When I was there, it we, there were about 30 of us, okay. 30, 35. Um, however, since I've graduated, they have become division one. The, the okay. um, Charlton has become division one. So they're expecting it to grow and much larger. And 
you you mentioned being a a generalist uh, study, which I could not agree with more. Um, especially if you are going into education, like you said, I I just I wonder why that's not more of a thing. Um, because I you know I went to the University of Houston, and although they encourage you to do kind of a little bit of everything. Once you find your niche, they discourage you from doing a little bit of everything. You know, one, after that two-year mark or, you know, one two-year mark, they say, okay, you're a lighting designer. You're doing lighting design. You're a set designer, so on and so forth. You're an actor. Right, right, and, right. And, they, and it becomes, like, less of a thing. But you kept doing that. I mean, there was no ending of the generalist. Um, so are, do you know of right. other programs that have that, or is that just – um, not, I mean, not to my knowledge. I, yeah. whenever it came time to go to college, I didn't look other places. I applied to Charleston and that was it. Like I knew I was going to go there. Um, and it sounds cliche, but performing on that stage, I dreamt about, like right. would literally dream about when I was a kid of performing on that stage. So yeah, there was no other option than Charleston. So I really didn't look into, okay. to anything else, but to go back to what you were saying, like, whenever you find your niche or anything as a lighting designer you it why is it not the standard that as a lighting designer you need to be an actor yeah to know how to find your light or you need to act on a platform that you built so that you know how to build it right yeah as a set designer so um so that's kind of the (laughs) the were you about Gosh. to say the salt of the earth? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of That's the all, idea hey. of the of the professors at Charlton is that to 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 be a good theater artist, you need to experience yeah. all of it. The the Texan writer, not Texan writers, the Texan right. Ri- yeah, it's singular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I just looked that up because you know it's when you look up when you look up Charlton State. The very first, you know, Google is very telling uh, in in telling you what the most okay. popular thing. And so the first question <laughs> or the first thing that populates is mascot, Tarleton State mascot. So clearly I'm not the only one that's trying to find out. Yeah, we're the Texans. Yeah. And the Texans. Okay. For the girls. For the girl. Okay. Um, but I never went to a sports thing, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Uh, okay, enough about that. So uh, that's good that it that it does that though. That preps for education because I I went to and this is going to lead into my next kind of little bit here, but because uh, I went to a performing arts school and so we were generalist as well. Even though you were a tech theater kid or a an acting kid, you were still forced. Like all the tech theater kids had to act in a show every year. Uh, there was no oh, question about it. Uh, so that leads me into another kind of a sort of a. a um, question that's that's a transition here but you graduated you said you had a graduating class of 50 15 15 oh 15 that's still Mm -hmm. 50 is small 15 is clearly smaller (laughs) so uh how how does i mean how does that work how does how do you guys i don't mean to sound naive but like how does stuff get done at that school like what what is it that like do you have competitive sports do you have uh, you know, you mentioned one act play, but now almost every kid, not every kid, obviously, but because I know it's not just the graduating class involved, but it seems like it's more competitive if uh, if you only have 15 in your graduating class. And let's say about 
there's there's 15 in each class, which I know is not necessarily the case. You you're competing against you know you have 60 kids total that are going out for 15, 20 roles. How does I mean how does that how does a director say I've got the perfect show for this this cast because really I don't have any other choices. I mean like what what is it? Talk on that. I'm I'm blabbing. I mean, okay, so the shows that we did in high school, freshman year was Goodbye to the Clown. Okay. Second was, oh gosh. Once I again, remember. Wait, here, we here. did Voices. I was going to say, was gonna say Billy Jagruel, no. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so these are like super small casts yeah. just because we knew that we wouldn't have a cast of 15. Right. So it would be like the cast of six, a light person, a sound person, yeah. and that was it. Um, and I, it was just one of those like, "Hey, you want to do this? Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, sure." We'll Are you it. kind of like automatically a celebrity? You know, because I assume you're in. I mean, I show. wasn't gonna say that, but <laughs> if you wanted to ask some of my classmates, I'd yeah, be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like you know, you know, acting acting is is looked at as kind of this you know pedestal at least at, at that age, especially even now, I guess if you will, but there's the star is always put up on a pedestal and if you're kind of the the one of the main people in this department or or this show every year i mean the 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 aura that is seth must have been pretty uh pretty immense but yeah and it's all been downhill since then. <laughs> okay that's great so okay um, but like like we didn't have theater classes like yeah. there was no right. theater class we didn't even have a stage because okay. we had um the lovely auditorium slash gymnasium situation okay. um and they ripped out the stage so that they could put more bleachers for the basketball games um so like we didn't we didn't have any we we rehearsed in a room uh, that was like an old army barrack yeah. that was a storage room that they so graciously cleared out for us to use. And uh, we would rehearse every morning at 630. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, because everyone else in the cast had basketball practice after school. Right. So did you, was this one of those situations? Because I've talked to quite a few people that uh, have this like, were you like tight with the director? Like, and I don't mean this in a weird way, because I know nowadays it's like, totally uh poo-pooed on but like would you go to their house and like <laughs> no. is that where the cast was? okay no, no no just smaller communities usually had a little different of a uh you know a way of doing things so yeah well I, I mean i'm also the personality that was like best friends with the lunch lady got it okay you know and best friend i wouldn't say best friends with the teacher right uh but like very friendly yeah and we definitely had a different relationship than right. than other students yeah did well, good. So, yeah. Do you carry that on into your classroom now? I try to. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, the best thing about teaching is building that relationship yeah. and, and building memories together. And, um, I, I try, I try to, if, if the kid is willing, then I'm willing as well. Yeah. So I've got to, uh, kind of dive into this, uh, UIL thing. Cause I, cause I felt, I felt like you were calling me out a little bit, Seth. But uh, I'm sorry. No, I know. I'm, no, I'm, I, I, I'm joking. But because uh, I used to not be a believer, right? I used to not be, be because again of the PVA thing. We didn't compete, so I didn't grow up in the one act play world. And uh, even then, I was sort of told UIL competition is is not the way to present theater. And you know, this is how we were. This is how I was raised in high school. 
uh, and on into college. And so when I became a teacher, at first I didn't understand the the magnitude of one-act play. I didn't understand the importance of one-act play. I didn't understand that I had a job because of one-act play. It just was, it just didn't, it wasn't a thing to me. It wasn't until I started teaching with Pam Wilson and her reputation preceded her that I understood a little bit more about the one-act play system. And then it really wasn't until I started teaching at Dulles and uh, was the head of the department until it really kicked in. And I was like, okay, this is, this is why we get these things. This is why we get some of these schools get the toys they get to play with uh, right. because the, the, like you said, the administration has to kind of see for better or for worse that it's a competition and competition breeds money and money breeds success usually. Um, so with that said, I don't know if I had a question with that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I just had to say, you know, yeah, I've, I totally understand that 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 feeling and I get it now with the like you said the one A's or the half A's as you said uh but the one A to three A world I've never been a part of that so um that that does exist uh again I don't have a question on that I if you want to speak more on it by all means but no I mean and I always look at it as if you look at (laughs) if you look at someone who's saying this is art like what we do is art well, yes, it is, and I can agree with you on that. But also, our art has origins in competition. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like a couple of people sat around and said, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if, if these schools competed with a play together. Like, <laughs> that comes from ancient Greek times. Right. And, and a majority of the theater that we have, if not all, that we have from that time period is our competition pieces. Yep. And so to, 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 to evolve and, and not go back and look at our history to say, oh, we don't need to be competing. Well, if it was good enough for Aeschylus and it was good enough for Sophocles, then it can be good enough for you too. Yeah. 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 You're exactly right. So can't argue that. Yeah. Uh, what is your most directing or most directing, most challenging directing piece that you've done to date? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> probably we did a production of uh, the miraculous journey of Edward Tulane while I was at Mineral Wells. And I think it was just over directed. Um, a lot of going back and looking at it, looking at it, it it could have been a whole lot better if if it was one of those every prop is on stage yeah. show <laughs> but it was i wanted to there wanted a lot of movement in it and so i think it was just over directed yeah can um, can you bring a, a show back if you've over directed i don't think so yeah because it wasn't until after the show that i was like Oof. <laughs> <laughs> that I over, was i over directed the hell right, out of that yeah, yeah 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 that was an experience <laughs> <laughs> did that change how, did that change how you directed past that did it, you know were you it's kind of like you know if you're i don't know if you cook or not but uh it's the the first time you overcook a chicken the next time you undercook it and, right. and now and so now and it's bouncing know, back and forth yeah 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 so um it did it change how you kind of uh went to your next piece yeah, I think so. I haven't done an epic piece of theater again, yeah, yeah. Uh, just because um, I, there is that fear of over-directing it as well. But 
um, I have a perfect production plan for it now. Yeah. Um, I just have this stupid rule that I don't repeat shows that I don't go I, back and I'm the direct same. shows yeah. that I've already done. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that was just over-directed. We did a production of Peter Wendy, the yep. Jeremy Bloom adaptation of Peter Pan, yep. because I guess in my mind, I wanted to do an event art experimental production of Peter Pan in a rural town that just yeah. brought all their kids to Peter Pan and said, this isn't Peter Pan. Um, yeah. That maybe the script was a little yeah. too difficult for the kids that I had. There's a lot of poetry that I didn't pick up on um, that, that would have made the production a lot um, yeah. more effective. I've done, we did Peter Wendy for one act play a few years ago. And uh, I don't know if this is necessarily specifically a rule in the handbook now, but I think there is a little bit of a rule that's based on my lighting design for that show because oh, cool. we we created a clock on stage out of uh, lamps. So we had uh, 11 lamps. The, 12th, uh, the 12 o'clock was uh, an entrance, so it wasn't. But anyway, we had 11 lights on stage. Well, you're not supposed to have 11 lights on stage, but... We got a, we got permission to do it, and it became a thing, and all this kind of stuff. And regardless, but, you know. But to me, that's intended purpose. Yes, exactly. And so, and it wasn't. Uh, we, 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 you know, I, I, I don't know if I ever. I don't think I saved the emails, but and plus, I'm not in a school that does one act <laughs> play anymore, so it really doesn't bother me. But it was one of those moments where I was like, finally, I've made it. I have, I have ruffled the feathers of the UIL gods. <laughs> I have figured out how to do it. So, uh, you know, uh, that was, that was when I knew I made it. Um, so I've, I'm going to ask some fun things now. So, okay, uh, cool. I called you out this summer and I, we spoke about it, uh, before we started recording, but I called you out this summer when we were doing summer PD because your script library is intense. And I know I hate when, when audio podcasts call out something visual, but I'm right, going to do they it. Can't see. Yeah. Uh, so just as a as a radio announcer to describe it to the people, uh, to Julio and Stewart, um, <laughs> it is it is in color coordinated. It's just color coordinated. Okay. Well, first mm -hmm. it starts by publisher. Oh, that's right. You corrected me. This do it. Just mm -hmm. you explain it then. Okay. So it starts. So overall, because Christmas is a time for counting. If it was good enough for Mary and Joseph, it's good enough for me. Um, that uh, there are 1500 books in the wow. in the collection. Okay. Um, a lot of uh, two shelves of those is are anthologies. So like play numbers are a little larger. Right. So it's three bookshelves of all cherry mahogany. It's very beautiful. <laughs> and um, uh, so their first separated by publishing companies so dramatists samuel french play scripts dramatic publishing okay then within that uh the dramatists uh which i have the most of are categorized by will read have read will probably never read again yeah um and then each of those categories are in color order wow so red orange yellow so on and so forth. Then Samuel French is categorized by <laughs> um, length of script. Uh -huh. So like back in the olden days, Samuel French, they were like half eight and a half by 11s. And now they're the really tall ones. Right. So the tall ones are separated from the shorter ones. And then they are in color order. 
and play scripts is in color order because it's easy and the dramatic publishing is just all together because they're all white so yeah they yeah boring um right (laughs) have you ever ordered a script based on color no okay i just didn't know because i can see behind you you're lacking in the dark blue and dark green area. So I didn't know if yeah, you, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know if maybe you're like, this, I don't know what this play is, but it's dark blue. Therefore. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, no, because like, I don't know what color they are if I'm ordering them. Got it. Um, yeah. The, now the, at a conference, yeah. I pretty much just go up to a table and open my bag and say, just put them all in. please. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me how much I scripts. Owe you. We're talking about scripts, Seth. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 okay. right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just making and sure. And then, uh, and then over on this side, these are like um, textbooks and stuff. Okay, so I was going to say acting, those. Yeah, those aren't as acting, color coordinated. Directing theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this is tech tech right here. Okay. And then you make a really um, good weather person, like because you're able to, yeah, 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 to see things that green screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Um, these here are uh, books on creativity, okay, that I've really kind of gotten into lately. Uh, theater theory here, and then all of this is Shakespeare and biographies. I wish people could see what you're doing right now. This is, I'm I'm highly impressed. No, that's great. No, 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 not because they need to see what the content is, just how. How great you are at pointing <laughs> at things that are far away. So, uh, is there a book in the creativity world? This is just a selfish question. Is there a book in the creativity world that you highly recommend that you just The Artist really Way by Julia Cameron? You didn't hesitate at all. Uh, not yeah. at all. It is a book that has changed my life. Okay. It. Um, so it's a book uh, for those of you who don't know. I said the artist way. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Artist no, way by Julia Cameron. It's a 12 week course um, through creativity and spirituality. And um, I had had the bookshelf. I had had the book my bookshelf for a while, but I'd never been able to get past like the first chapter. Yeah. And a local theater here in Fort Worth, the Circle Theater, um, said that they were going to do a virtual 12 week course through the artist way. So um, as a group, we would read the book and then have weekly meetings to come together to kind of be held accountable by other people. And uh, it wasn't until I did that, that I discovered what was in the second chapter. And um, it, it has just been a book that has opened my eyes to a lot of things and a lot of ways that I worked. Um, I have called myself a perfectionist. Yeah. Many people have called myself have called me a perfectionist, and she specifically talks in the book that perfectionism is just ego. It's just yeah. your, it's just you protecting your ego. So let things go. And yeah, um, yeah I I I haven't been as wound up. I think since I've read it, when it comes to directing shows, um, I haven't been pushing my vision as hard. Like giving space to hear other people but right. yeah it's called the artist way by julia cameron and um it's a great book yeah it's to about 12 weeks to read through um and at the end of each chapter there are tasks and assignments that you can do throughout the week and right. it was just a really great experience that's neat it talks a lot about god okay um, and she does say specifically at the very beginning of the book of like i'm gonna say god but it's whatever yeah you want to put into it so i i really 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 want to do it with my theater three four kids yeah. um upper level kids about to go off to college um it's just the the god element that is yeah. 
Um, is there, is, is, I mean, I don't know anything about her. Is she still living? Yeah, she is. Okay. Uh, she lives in Santa Fe and she, uh, she has like 20 books. I was going to say is, I mean, maybe one of those things is you could reach out to her and say, Hey, I'd love to turn this into a classroom piece, but because... I'm pretty sure she has one because okay. she's, she operates, she sends like, you the link. Wrote... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, she she wrote this book 25 years ago. Okay. Uh, last year was the 25th anniversary, and it kind of exploded. And then of course she had to write a sequel, and right. then there's a third one in the trilogy. And then she has just kind of written a book every year okay. to kind of capitalize on on what she. So I'm sure there's one out there for right. She's like students the, or classrooms. She's I just like haven't. J.K. Rowling of uh of of creativity. Creativity. And design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. I wish. I wish. See, this is, I'm not much of a reader, so I don't explore too, too much when it comes to that stuff, which is shame on me, but uh, mm-hmm. I just never have been. I've always, speaking of what we spoke about earlier, I've always been a gamer. I've always been somebody that sits in front of a screen and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, real good with my thumbs, but uh, that's that's about it. So, um, but yeah. That yeah. Sh- sh- and, and I think reading harkens back to being a kid who was absolutely obsessed with the theater in an extremely small town that doesn't have an outlet reading was my outlet right you know like i could pick up a script or i could pick up a book and live in the world that i wanted to live in right um so you don't you i mean even behind you a little bit i haven't heard a ton about musicals um are you are you a musical person or 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 not or so there are only so many musicals <laughs> and there are only so many good musicals mm-hmm. within that span to where a straight play, there are thousands, mm-hmm. if not millions of straight plays and a larger selection of good plays within that yeah. larger selection. So when it comes to musicals, I'm not a huge fan. I also, my dad was a Church of Christ preacher. Right. So, that's... so growing up in a household that we weren't allowed musical instruments, yeah. I don't direct a musical. Yeah, I, I, was, I can't help you. Right. You're, you're on your own. So, um, I could sing "Amazing Grace" to right. you, and I hope you pick <laughs> it up. Um, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I I'm not a huge fan of musicals. Yeah. I mean, I listen to them every day in the shower and every day on the way to work. Like if it's something to listen to, right. but, um, so then, so then let's gauge, uh, the type of musical you're into, uh, give me what, what is your good musical or great oh musical God. and musical I could listen to on repeat right now is Hades town. Okay. All right. Fair um, enough. the one before that was Natasha Pierre and the great comet of 1812. Um, so you're gonna lose a lot of followers no no no, that's fine uh you know my sister was uh (laughs) right as we're recording this because this will come out a couple weeks after we record it but uh my sister was just in new york before everything started shutting down again right unfortunately Mm -hmm. but uh and she uh called me and said what show should i see i just saw wicked again i was like well girl first of all you should have seen something you haven't seen like that's the right right and uh she's like but i know what wicked is i know i'm comfortable with it it's like but that okay Okay. Anyway, so um, she 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 starts going down the list, and she gets to Hades Town. I said, "You gotta see, you gotta see. If it's available, mm-hmm. you gotta see Hades Town." Mm-hmm. And she goes, "What's it about?" I said, "Marissa, if I tell you what it's about, you're not gonna want to see it because she's not this history person, right?" Now that's that all that went to me. 
And so I said, it's, you know, it's kind of loosely based on Greek mythology and like modern though and stuff. And she's like, no, nah, you lost me at mythology. <laughs> and I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you loser. So anyway, yeah, yeah. but uh, great, great music. Hades Town is awesome. So um, no shame in that. I thought if you were going to be like, you know, I've constantly got Susical playing in my, in my shower, <laughs> which to be fair, the music is really not that bad, but uh, you know, it's Susical, but yeah, all right. right. Uh, I got to ask you about the significance of your shirt too. Another visual that nobody's going to be able to see, but uh, I'm, those yeah, are the yeah. in, that's the inside out, uh, right? Yeah, anger, the anger one. It, but I I don't know the different. You've got three different levels. You've got the bald one. You've got one with, uh, well, I would say certain like, things on a rated R. I think arc. it's like steam. Okay, steam coming We're out of the go head. With steam. Well, hopefully, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, something like and that. Then, and then and then fire full on fire. Yeah. I think it's just three phases of anger. Okay. Of anger. Okay. That doesn't fit your stereotype, Seth, because you are a redhead. So uh, you can't <laughs> you can't wear shirts like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but anyway, I, I just wanted to know if there was a significance to it or. Uh, oh, it was just what was clean. Okay, That's today significant. Uh, right, um, Inside Out is one of my favorite movies, just because. In, in my mind, when I was a kid, it was a guy in a filing with filing cabinets yeah. that would like pull out the filing cabinets and say, oh, here's this memory or this yeah. decision or whatever. Um, but I also use it to teach uh, Stanislavski. Yes. And um, so it's just a show it every year and it's just one of my favorite movies. So, uh, so um, I want to go back to the one act play thing for a little bit. Uh, and then I'll let you get out of here and enjoy the rest of your, what is today? Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. yeah, Wednesday, right. And Christmas is coming up, but, uh, uh, with, with your one act play experience as a high schooler and the kind of small casts and small shows and things like that, do you now, do, do you carry over that small mentality or do you try mm -hmm. to get as many kids involved as possible or, do you just choose the best show for that year? And if it's a small show, it's a small show. If it's a big show, it's a big show. Uh, what is, how do you kind of go into choosing that script? So it, it, it has to go back to the kids because if it's a production that I'm have to take my hands away and, and say, okay, it's yours, go take it has, it has to be with the kids. My first show as a director was last lifeboat which is a which is a huge guy and we had a full 15 person cast for that my show this year we're doing the revolutionists which is just four girls um so it, it really depends on what kids i have um i i never really look at numbers i i it's it's story for me like yeah. is this a story that my kids can tell effectively is it a story that i want to live in for three to four months is it a story that um is going to move other people uh, especially judges um so if that story has 30 characters in it then we do you know 15 because we can't do 30 yeah. but um <laughs> but if it has four people in it that's the story that we do yeah what is the approach you're taking to the revolutionists this year um lots of fabric okay because <laughs> <laughs> i'm a fabric person yeah um and um to do some really cool scrim work with it and then everything is um I don't know, just a nod to france so, so using french doors 
Yeah, they're French because they're French. That's yeah, having right, French right, right. Uh, costumes or French fries. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, oh, Fr- four different. Yeah, there French you go. Fries. A Wendy's French fry, a McDonald's. <laughs> fry. Uh, so, speak on the fabric thing, actually, because I, I actually meant to touch on that. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, oh, sure. I, I didn't, I had it written down, but I, uh, not here. Um, why are you such a like? What made you such a fabric? Per, I was about to. I was trying to using an automatopoeia, but it didn't work. But what makes you such a fashion-forward <laughs> fanatic? There we go. Uh, a fanatic of fabric. A fanatic of fabric. Um, I guess it it all harkens back to if you're working with wood. Yeah. You're in a wood shop, and at high school that was ag. <laughs> And being an openly gay male, that was gross. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in there. Mm-hmm. It's scary. <laughs> Those tools are loud. Yeah. I'm going to get dirty. Like, I I didn't want to. I It's too masculine for me. <laughs> yeah. For me. So that, so I've always kind of been drawn to costuming. Um, and so I did that a lot in college, costumed a lot in college, would live up in the costume shop. And so this this idea of of using fabric for other things just kind of grew out of that. Yeah. Um, and it also it also grew out of whenever I became a teacher, I knew that my construction skills needed to be beefed up yeah. with costumes because I would be the only one making the costumes. Um, and so I took up quilting. Um, because it was uh, repetitive motion, doing the same thing over and over and over sure. again, and it had to be precise. Because like, if you get off even an eighth of an inch on a quilt, it will throw the entire thing off. So I picked up quilting, and then while I was doing that, I guess I just decided that fabric could be engineered in different ways. So I've used fabrics. Um, like use curtain shears as a scrim. I've made wallpaper to make an interior for a one X set. I've used wallpaper um, and thrown it on just a Broadway style flat to make wallpaper for when we did miracle worker. Um, So just thinking of Mm. using fabric as paint, as your flats, like it, it, it just makes sense to me. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And it's a lot easier. Yeah. Like, especially because the show that we did the wallpaper for was Sweet Surrender, um, which if you have not read that script, it's a great script. And um, it takes place in the interior of a hotel room in the 1940s. And I hate the gray unit set. (laughs) Yeah. And so I had to think of a way to make an interior look nice because it's a presidential suite. So it had to look very clean and pristine and um so i just took fabric matched the pattern across the the width of the fabric and hung it from a two by four between two pylons and called it a drop (laughs) um and then attached some foam at the bottom for wainscoting and called it wallpaper yeah and and to me that's a lot easier because it can be rolled up and thrown in the trailer um and i'm not running into any rules regarding it because i mean when we did it that was the last year for the 140 rule yeah um so figuring out how to do that as well and yeah i mean it just makes sense to me yeah good for you 
okay, so I want to get out of here on uh, this last bit here. I, I usually try to end with uh, some sort of advice, uh, sure. something to kind of, you know, pet people up and stuff like that. So uh, I want to kind of marry the two worlds that you have had together in the uh, small half A world that you grew up in to now, uh, you know, a larger four, five, six A world uh, that you have experienced. Uh, I don't, what, what is your classification now? So Crowley ISD has two high schools. Okay. Crowley high school, which is where I'm at, which is a five, A, and then North Crowley, which is a six, A. Okay. So I knew it wasn't, I didn't, I knew it wasn't small. I just didn't know if it was a officially a five or six, but okay. So now you're at a five, a, uh, speak on, because there are a lot of, uh, educators, not just theater educators, but but we'll stick to theater educators that uh, go from the world you went from, the the sort of smaller world and graduating with 15, one, five uh, students from a class mm-hmm. to teaching at this large, you know, kind of sometimes can be overwhelming uh, world. How do you uh, sort of initially now that you're experienced, you, you, you know, it's a different thing, but initially, how do you go from kind of, uh, going from one world to the next and not showing the kids that you are either intimidated, nervous, scared, worried? Uh, I want you to just kind of speak on that for a little bit. Cause you're not the only one in that, in that boat. Sure. Um, I mean, I just have to remember that kids are kids and it, they're, background or what they deal with at home can greatly affect them but at the core they're all the same you know they might be spending their Saturdays at the rodeo yeah or the cross universe country opry like I did when I was a kid um or they might be hopefully not running the streets or something you know on the weekend but they're they're kids and they are all kind of going through the same thing um and you just have to find the ones who really want what you're putting down. And to the kids that don't want it, you need to find some common ground. Like you're in here for a year. We're going to be together for a year. You're putting more energy into, you know, bucking the system or, or, or fighting me that we could find a common ground that to put energy into, because I'm a firm believer that there is a place for every single person in the theater. Right. And, and, and walking into the classroom with that idea of there is a place for you, even though you might not want to continue it, or you don't want to be here, there is a place for you here and you can be utilized. Minor wisdom.